Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Phoebe, um, insert like a phone ringing noise here. Okay, thanks. Hello? You like scary movies? Um, is this Caitlyn Jenner? For those of you listening, if you haven't guessed, we are watching the Scream movies today. Movies that you have inducted me into, kind of. Or rather, you are the fan and I had never watched them before. Yes, we have finally reached the episode where I kill Fran. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert, Fran. That's the what mo- we're doing this episode. I'm going to murder mo- you. I'm, I'm into that. I want to be wearing the skimpiest outfit. Yeah. Skims only. Okay. <laughs> and you almost, you almost make it like you almost kill the killer, but then you get got. You get got. You get got. You get got because this is like a virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Damu. And I'm Fran Dorado. I'm so excited. And we are literally screaming about Scream. Literally Scream. Literally. Ah! Ah! I have a new car. Oh my God, that's right. Proving that gay people still can't drive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have done pretty much nothing with it other than listen to <laughs> that new RuPaul song, Catwalk. <laughs> have oh you heard God. this? I, I I did hear it. <laughs> Wait, so have you been going anywhere? Where? Yeah, what? I. You know, I I it's it's a, it's an amazing concept. You know, I can drive to the grocery store. Uh, I can drive to work out. 
I can drive to the park. I'm a car girl now. I'm so happy for you, finally. After almost two years of driving you literally (laughs) everywhere. Thanks, Rose. When is our first road trip? It could be as soon as you want it to be. However, your newly committed relationship, uh, I think, is maybe going to decide when. Rose, do you want to tell the virgins? Oh, oh, yeah. I have a dog. I got a dog. Um, <laughs> I got a dog right between Christmas and New Year's. She was my Christmas gift to myself. Or I guess maybe, better put... My apartment was my Christmas gift to her because yeah. <laughs> it has now become her space entirely. Um, the mic probably isn't picking it up, but she is currently in her crate in my bedroom whining up a storm because we are crate training, which is not going great. Well, Rose, she wants to be on the pod. Yeah, she has some hot takes on and just like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. She actually really likes Che Diaz. <laughs> Actually, no. Well, like when I'm watching TV, she's not interested in it. Wow, that's a bad dog. You should be TV training her. She does like some music, though. Yesterday, um, she was uh-huh. kind of bopping around to Muna. Oh, cute. featuring Phoebe Bridgers. So, featuring Phoebe so my Bridgers. dog is a lesbian or a she they by. Okay, wait. So you should play your dog the new Rue song. Obviously. Um, I watched the Drag Race premiere that the Rue song debuted on. I should also disclaim that I don't like any of Rue's music, period. Like, I haven't enjoyed a Rue song since Supermodel. Oh, I can fuck with Adrenaline. That's a good, <laughs> that's a banger. No, 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 also, no, to, no, no, to, no. To, to the moon. Okay, I, I, that's, that song's fine. I can I could maybe vouch for Sissy That Walk, but outside of that, not a Rue fan. However, this album has a lot of... um of-the-moment production value. I, I, I don't want to give it too much credit because it's still um, she's in drag her music. Era. She's, she's in her bleep bloop era in that um, the song that I like sounds like Dua Lipa. And two other songs just sound like Sophie rips. Actually, there's like one song that Aww. someone's... Rest in power. I know. It's very rude, Rue, actually. Rue to- grabbed <laughs> the pots and pans and went yeah. to work. <laughs> yeah. Rue was like, who's this Sophie girl? What, what's, what's her but, story? But like, um, I think that's giving her... Excuse me, I think that's giving him, him. Ru- RuPaul, a lot of credit in that I don't actually believe he is involved in any way with the production of his music. Like, when he performed that song on the Drag Race premiere, I believe that is the first time he'd ever heard the song. And I thought it was so funny how um, I saw a clip of the, the pit stop. And mm-hmm. they were talking about Rue doing choreo, and it's like what cor- choreo is a generous or was he just term. Like walking girls. around, um, the I mean, stage? look, she's sick. I mean, he is sixty-one. If I'm sixty-one and I can still do, you know, a little flick of the wrist, a little hip swish in some heels, I think she sells it in the face. I mean, he sells it in the face, yeah, and and looked great. But I mean, the premiere itself was actually very good. I mean, I, I don't. I, I feel like I have to be the correspondent on this show, but like, well, I did watch it. So, you watched it? Yeah. I oh my what gosh. else do I have a, to do? I have a new <laughs> I have a new puppy at home. Like I'm not leaving my apartment. So yeah, I watched Drag Race. Who was your favorite and why was it Cornbread? She was the one that was like, I'm the number one Lizzo impersonator. Oh yeah, she was good. At this point I don't have like uh opinions about any of okay. them really, except I did think it was funny that that one girl wore flip flops. Um, yeah. I actually do love that. It was it was like very Macy Rodman, like at Bath Salts. 
I was literally about to say, so that girl, Willow Pill, who was kind of maybe the Twitter sentiment favorite. I mean, obviously, everybody loves cornbread, but I think the most people were talking about Willow Pill on Twitter afterwards. I, when she entered, I didn't I didn't dig it um, because it's just so different than what we usually see on the like kind of polish of Drag Race. But you're so right. Like, what she is giving is so Brooklyn drag, like, in that it is, like, you know, a little busted and, like, definitely dropped out of an art school, you know? what I mean like they're they're so and I love the kind of performancey element of what she did like I just fell in love with her more and more as the episode went on so I'll be interested to see like if that kind of like weirdo aesthetic can like make it all the way to like a top moment but you know still a great premiere still rooting for the girls rooting for Carrie Colby also too I think she's like she seems a little nervous but, you know, I'm excited. Well, for wouldn't it all. you be if you were a trans woman on Drag Race? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Cornbread is also trans. So at least she doesn't have, she's not alone this season, which is kind of nice. Love to see the dolls represented. Mm-mm. Um, speaking of dolls represented, uh, did you watch the Euphoria premiere? No. Mm. I, d- I think what kept me from watching the premiere the other night was that I haven't watched the specials from last year nor do i plan to they're very traumatic (laughs) so yeah they're basically therapy sessions can i just skip them and go straight to season Mm. two do i need is there is there (sighs) plot information in them that i need this okay this is this is a yes or no answer this is useful for the virgins too and no this is not a yes or no yes it is unfortunately when it comes to euphoria nothing is a yes or no answer that's not true to that effect i'm happy to be the euphoria correspondent for this show and i can do so without spoiling anything for you i did rewatch the euphoria special episodes before watching the premiere i did think it was very essential to my viewing experience there are minute plot points that are revealed in the special episodes that I think are pretty important. Okay, but, but do they recap them at the beginning of the episode? No, no, they do not, because they're just completely different in format. They're not like episodes of TV. They're kind of like two long character studies. Oh, no. And Skip. No, uh, you know, I... <laughs> It's some of my favorite TV writing I've ever seen in in a very, very long time. I really do watch the show and I'm like, this? This is what everyone is hyped about? Like, well, I enjoy it, but but I'm also like, this? Really? But I, I'm, I'm happy that you love it so much. I'm excited to hear about what you don't like. Because, I mean, not to blow up your spot, you really loved the show when you first watched. Like, when you watched the first few episodes. Well, I think a big part of it is just, like, as I've gotten older... Older, I have kind of less time for investigating the interior lives of teenagers because I'm just like, you're not a person. You're like, you're a zygote. You're like a lump of clay. I guess like I would not want to see my own high school experience as like a, as an HBO series. Right. Okay. Well, I mean... I don't really think of them as teenagers. They're basically adults. And this but they are teenagers, had... and that's what gets weird because they're no. like having all this like no. crazy sex and doing it's, all these drugs. And it's like it's TV. It's TV. And that's I mean, that to me actually, and I think that the premiere showed this off really well, is that this show has a complete fantasy world 
of what we might have envisioned our high school experiences to be if they were as dramatic as they felt. You know what I mean? Because when you're in high school, it really, everything does feel like the end of the world. Everything does feel like life or death because your your hormones are so high. And like, I love that this premiere had like, you know, stakeouts and 100 mile per hour car rides and like a cheating scandal and like bloody fights and weapons and like drug dealing babies. And like, I just loved it. Um, nothing more disturbing though than Nate cracking a beer bottle open with his teeth multiple times. I, I think Nate honestly is like a manifestation Which of Which one is Nate? He's basically just like the the villain. Okay. And the hot villain. He's like a manifestation of like every enemies to lovers fantasy like I've ever had. Also will say an ex- one of the most stressful episodes of the series too. There's a, a very stressful scene that happens in a bathtub with Sydney Sweeney who does some of the best acting of the series. Um I also I, I lovingly refer to her as um Jugsy Malone because she's like she does have big naturals. She, yeah, she's like 17 years old and she's got like tatas Okay, but than she's the actually spirit and spirited like 30. away. They're all like 30. She's 24. I Googled. Okay, well, that's that's LA 30. <laughs> that's LA 30, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, anyways, the world building of Euphoria is, like, my favorite thing on the planet, and that is kind of why... But what is the world this, besides, the, the world, besides these horny teenagers? Like, what is the world it, being the, built? It's, it's so much richer than that. The world is a kind of, like... I, I know I'm taking this very seriously, but a very, like, funhouse mirror of high school... And like a very dystopian, high stakes kind of like high school world. Um, And I I kind of love that about the show because just because they kind of sell me on it. The performances are are great and the the cinema, the cinema is so fun. I am very excited to keep watching TBH. Um, I don't know if I can say the same for And Just Like That. (laughs) Um, This past week's episode was... I felt kind of like filler to me. Mm, this is a filler queen. You know, Carrie, like, how much money does Carrie have? That's, this I need, what was is her net, episode, what girl. is her net worth? It's, it's so funny because from episode one to like episode three to like now, we've had multiple iterations of like, wait, how rich is Carrie? Like, like every time it's actually more. I than really want to know. I want to see her bank statements. Like, I want to see, see her, her tax return. I, I guess I did pose this question to some friends and also on Twitter, and people were saying like, maybe she had like a couple million on her own yeah. from her books. Maybe one of her books was you know optioned. like a bestseller and was optioned for like you know an indie movie so she's yeah. got i'm going to say like pre marrying big or like on her own she's got maybe 3 million but i think big considering that in the yeah. first episode they say that he's the next donald trump which lol and having the vineyard in napa and like the properties i'm yeah. going to say if it's he if he had a hundred million, yeah. If he had enough money to just leave his ex wife a million dollars because he felt bad, Carrie was left a hundred million, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like that is like literally Be- like ah. because she bought that apartment and then was like nah, and then just like uh, resold it like she'd got it on the real real. This is not shade. She was giving you. You would do that. You would absolutely 
buy the most gorgeous luxury apartment and then within a week decide that you don't want to be there anymore. You would do that, which is why you maintain that you are a Carrie. And that is absolutely true. And it is what I texted a friend. I said, (laughs) very, very me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I will say, um, her problems feel so like futile when she has so much more wealth than what we've seen in the kind of the rest of Sex and the City as a series. Like it's almost distracting the level of wealth we're now bearing witness to. But like I'm not mad at it. Like I like that aspirational quality. Um, but I, I I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with Big's ashes now that all the Chris Noth stuff has come out because apparently they filmed in Paris like Carrie was supposed to like spread the ashes Big's ashes in Paris which is so fucking stupid like what is the what is the kind of the importance of Paris to I guess like because that's where they like ultimately got back together in the finale what oh right the bridge um but I think New York is more important for them I was going to say, if, if she really wanted to, you know, be, be true to Big Spirit, she would be scattering his ashes at, at the financial district. Just yeah. like <laughs> on the cobblestones, Where onto that, the finite bros getting, yeah, the finite bros getting their dig in. Or no, she'd bring know. it to like Murray Hill. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, I also have to talk about, I can't decide if it was, if it was funny or if, it, if I was horrified, but Carrie uh, and her cultural appreciation of uh, um, Seema's kind of like Diwali traditional that, Desi garb. That line that they wrote for Seema to say, I just, you know, listen, I'm I'm white. I I I really can't make these decisions, but also You're white. I know. Um, but at the same time, like I I think even I knew that that was like a little uh... You know, I um there are a lot of things about the show that I think are really disappointing on the kind of diversity and inclusion level of which I'm actually writing about right now. But I just feel like that that joke in particular was unfortunately actually funny. But it was funny because I know how wrong it is. And it's upsetting to think about the white people in the middle of the country that will hear this joke about you know, it's okay to culturally appreciate something and then think that they can legitimately just, like, wear saris out on the town. You I know d- what I mean? It didn't like, even read as a joke to me. It it yeah. read more as, like, just that's an, why, an excuse. Yeah, that's why it's kind of bizarre. There's obviously this um, recurring thing where every person of color in this show is attached to a white counterpart that they are fixing, in some way, you know, like mm. Shay is fixing Miranda's midlife crisis. Naya is like acquiescing all of Miranda's like microaggressions and like kind of trying to like pep talk her. And then she's, you know, they're bef- they're friends now. And we have LTW who is just like has doesn't have a ton of like personality traits outside of being referred to as like Black Charlotte. You know what I mean? Anyways, still, how many episodes do we have left? Even I have no idea, but I oh, do God. know that there's only one episode of Yellow Jackets left. <gasps> You're not fully I caught up, even, right? I haven't even watched episode two. I'm scared. I'm scared. Oh my god! I'll okay. watch it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Okay. I will. I you will. Have, I will. You have to by next week because the finale is this Sunday. Okay. So okay. You know what? I'm gonna ask you. You don't like spoilers. You're gonna have to plug your ears because I just okay. need to pop off. Okay. A quick couple of theories that I think are going to be revealed in the finale. Okay. Please, please do. Okay. I'm, so. I think that Adam, even though he's dead, and, like, that might make everyone think, like, 
his story has dead ended. I think he's Javi. I think he's the dead guy's younger brother. I also think they're going to eat Shauna's baby. I'm not listening, but I did hear someone's going to eat a baby. <laughs> I think they're going to eat Shauna's baby. I think that's what like gets them into cannibalism. Jackie, I think, obviously is still alive and is like going to show up at the reunion. Even though Lottie put on the deer headdress in this week's episode, I don't think she's the deer queen from the opening of the first episode. I think like that was like a red herring. I think maybe it's Shauna. And Misty will kill the gay coach. There's a gay coach? Yeah, there's a gay coach. So, um, virgins, like, if you agree with any of these theories or have thoughts about them, tag me. If you have your own theories, would love to hear them. And I'm so excited that we're getting season two. I mean, I don't know where it's going to go from here, but (laughs) the girls are girly. It is a show designed with you in mind, TBH. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Today, 
we are talking about the seminal 1996 iconic slasher film Scream, just in time for the new Scream, um, which is just called Scream. It's uh, literally just called Scream. It's just called Scream. There's Even no numbers. It's, it's technically Scream 5, right? It's Scream 5. I guess they're like, well, we've already done so many reboots, so let's just call it Scream. Okay, what was your first, when you first watched this this movie, like where, what, did you watch it like in real time or did you watch it later? Or? Not, not real time because 96, I was eight so you, I was like a little too young but I definitely watched it as a teenager like pretty young probably middle school eight-year-old Rose watching it is not that far off base though you you would as an eight-year-old you know what I think could be true though is I may have watched scary movie first oh no and way. then wondered what it was making fun of and gone back and watched Scream. Okay, that actually tracks that would that would want me that would bring me to the source material too which I mean, like, does it make sense? Because how do you watch Scary Movie without the context of having watched Scream? But Scary Movie is incredible, so I guess you can enjoy it either way. I famously don't love, like, I don't love, like, um, like bro comedies. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Scary Movie is kind of like a it uh, like absurdy kind of broy. I wouldn't call it a bro comedy. Yeah. I mean, it has Anna Ferris and Regina Hall. Oh yeah, Regina. Hall. I mean, yeah, it's a Wayne's Brothers movie, but. It did start the trend of parody film. So, like, there were obviously all the scary movie movies. And then there was, like, a disaster movie. Mm. There was a movie that was a kind of Twilight parody. The Not Another Teen movie. Not Another Teen movie was... I actually think Not Another Teen Movie is great. It's and probably that, the best one. And that's the film that gave us Chris Evans. But you said Wayne Brothers. I feel like maybe on principle, I, I don't watch anything wherein the producers um, are like blank brothers. Like Wayne's Brothers. What about Plus the film brothers, studio Warner Brothers? Coen you watch brothers. all their movies. No, no. I'm talking about like the Coen Brothers. Like they should all be replaced with the Wachowski. The Wachowski sisters should just do everything. Uh, they should do Not Another Teen Movie. No comment. <laughs> Well, let's let's take it back to Scream. You yeah. watched Scream for the first time recently. Literally last week upon this recording. Um, what did you think? I, okay, okay. It either might shock you or it won't shock you at all that since the, this movie has come out 25 years ago, it has never, ever been spoiled to me that Drew Barrymore dies in the first 12 minutes. I had no how idea. That, how is that possible? I, I have no idea. And did you, how did you not immediately clock that when she was the first person to appear in the movie, she was going to immediately die? I thought that, I, okay, I kind of knew she was going to die because people, I was watching it with a group that were all like scream fanatics and so they were alluding to the fact that she was going to die. So it was, it was ruined for me kind of like in real time, but like literally before the movie started, had no idea. And I did, honestly didn't even remember that she was like in it. But I remember, obviously, the image of her holding the phone is like iconic to me. But I think maybe mentally, I actually didn't know what movie that even came from. Mm, but you, so you can't be precious about spoilers for a movie that came out 25 years ago. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm not at all. I'm saying I'm shocked that I, it was never spoiled to me. Honestly, um, maybe that's a testament to um, how much I am in a cultural vacuum sometimes that I like had no idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved it. I, I think that Drew Barrymore um, deserves an Oscar. <laughs> I think that she gave the best performance of her life. And that, that was like, there was, it was like truly flawless. And I loved learning after that um, when they went out to Drew, they wanted her to be the main character. And she read the script and was like, no, no, no. This first girl is it. 
And I don't know, maybe it was like, a, do you think it was like a managerial thing about how she didn't want to be like shoveled into? No, I, I bet or... she, well, she was Drew Barrymore. Yeah. So I'm sure she said, let me do like one day on this movie. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. You know, because, you know, shooting at night, I'm sure it's really annoying. So, yeah. she, you know, she did like, she did two days on set max. Yeah. And she was out and she's iconic forever because of it. So she didn't need to do more. No. I actually didn't. think, well, let me not say that Drew Barrymore is more iconically associated with Scream than Nev Campbell, because like then I will have a lot of angry people. I'm but sure. just at your door with pitchfork. But I definitely, when you think about Scream, like when you think about its cultural legacy, right. even though she is, even though she does not survive the first ten minutes of the movie, Drew Barrymore is one of the people who is always forever associated with the film and the franchise. Yeah, just the image of her, honestly, is Scream to me. Something I have to say is when I was watching the movie, I was obviously stoned and um, I uh, I kept I kept calling um, the murder, I can't remember the murder's name, but I kept calling it Ghostface. Ghostface. That's, that's, I kept that's, call- that's their name. Ghostface. I, their name. I kept calling them Scream. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh no, Scream is coming. And they were like, his name is not Scream. I'm sorry, their name is not Scream. And uh, you know, I uh, not to take us on a tangent, but I wouldn't say this is Drew Barrymore's best performance. Do you know what my favorite Drew Barrymore performance is? Ever After. Yes. <laughs> I know you How so did you know well that? Because I am your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love Ever After, even though Drew Barrymore does a horrible accent in it. Um, but it's amazing. Angela Houston is so good. What's your favorite Drew Barrymore performance? I actually had never really seen a Drew Barrymore performance until a few years ago when a Drew Barrymore fanatic who I was also sleeping with cracked me into like all of her movies. And we watched Ever After, we watched all of the Charlie's Angels, we watched Never Been Kissed. Um, and I think, I mean, to me, Charlie's Angels, maybe her in Charlie's Angels 2, honestly, is so canonically Drew. And I think that there's a piece of that character in every character she plays. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, before she is any character she plays... She is Drew Barrymore. Of course. Um, one of her performances that I actually really love that I may, she might have won an award for, she did the Grey Gardens movie with Jessica Lange. Um, it was an HBO film that's based on, you know, the documentary. And she's so good in it as Little Edie. I've literally never seen it. Well. True to form. True to form. We'll do an episode on it, you know, <laughs> at, at some point in the future. Uh, okay. Scream. One of the reasons why I love Scream is because it's this meta movie. It's a horror movie that's about horror movies. Which I did not realize because when I first got into it, I was like, oh, this is a straightforward slasher. But yeah, the the you know, the nerdy character, like the the film nerd spends the whole movie talking about the rules of horror movies. Right. And that is what the whole franchise is built around. And even the killers who are unmasked eventually reveal that they've been using the archetypes of horror movies, you know, like the Virgin and the slut and like the, all of those to build their narrative. Hmm. I, I feel like there, I think I just didn't expect the movie to be as like deep as it was. I don't know if deep is like the right word, but like, it's I, definitely smart for a, so you know, smart. a nineties teen slasher movie. Yeah, exactly. I think I just wasn't expect if like any other, like, 
you know, horror skeptics out there like me or people that think like a movie like Scream is not for you, which is kind of like where I was at. Like it really like I came away from the movie being like I actually have like a shifted perspective on the genre, like on horror movies wow. because of the commentary within the film. Like I just thought it was very smart. Um, like I just love, I mean, them talking about the final girl and them talking about like the motivation of a killer and like, there were so many just different components of it where I was like, oh, this is amazing. Who do you have a favorite final girl (laughs) in general out of all horror movies? Yeah. I mean, um, maybe this is too obvious, but in house of wax, Paris Hilton does die in sexy lingerie after getting her Achilles tendons sliced. Well, then she's not a final girl because she doesn't survive. Well, oh, oh, is the final girl archetype someone who the final girl is the girl who is final at the end of the movie. The real answer is my favorite final girl is Kyle Richards in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as the last one standing (laughs) in the horror that is that franchise. That is a really good answer. Kyle Richards, who, you know, made her comeback in Halloween Kills. A movie we have not seen because we heard it was bad <laughs> but we might have by the time this episode comes out so stay tuned, stay tuned. yeah <laughs> uh i guess i in the pantheon of final girls like you know jamie lee curtis is she's it she is the the blueprint for yeah. all these other hoes trauma it's a movie it's a film about trauma 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 um yeah she should be in every horror movie though i think jamie all... lee curtis should be in most films yes <laughs> A salient point. And she is in most films. <laughs> she she low-key is. And she's in a lot of Yoplait commercials. Oh, no. What's the yogurt? Activia. Activia. Because it's, it's good for your digestion. It's good for your bones. It's good for your bones and for people like Jamie Lee Curtis. So if you relate to Jamie Lee Curtis, you'll love this yogurt. Anyways. um, So I don't know what your, like, first horror movie was, but, like, I was super duper scared of all horror movies growing up um, because when you are super duper Christian, anything in the horror genre is like brujeria. It's like the devil. It's like something that's super forbidden or dark or like linked to like a dark spirit. Like literally not joking. That's like the framework within like my family was functioning. So the first I didn't see a scary movie until I was like 16, like 15, 16. Like I was older and all my friends by then had seen one. And I had a friend who was obsessed with horror movies. My best friend in fourth grade, Katie Bidstrup, you were low-key a bully to me, but also my best friend. And you We're coming for you, Katie. <laughs> a part of a long lineage of best friends who eventually become my bullies. <clears throat> Anyways. Um... Uh, that that felt that felt pointed. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and she like basically taped my eyes open and made me watch the entire Saw franchise. So are you the kind of person who during a scary movie you cover your eyes? Yes. Or... Okay, I get that. I used to be like that. What I would do when I used to watch, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark when I was a kid, Mm. is I would kind of go to the door of my room and stand there and be kind of half in, half out, so that I could, you know, duck out during a really scary part. There's this one episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark where there's this jester who's, like, in a comic book and he has blue drool, and it's so scary. I'm so, I'm just, like, really triggered by what you just said, because you just made me think of Goosebumps. And how that terrorized Goosebumps is not scary. It's the scariest thing I've ever watched. No, I, no. I was a child. I was a child, and I had bully neighbors. 
there are a lot of themes going on at this podcast. Can you detect them? Um, I had neighbors that lived in my cul-de-sac. There were six and seven, six or seven of them, and they all like knew I was a fag and like made me, you know, their immediate victim. And one of them had that really scary mask from the first Goosebumps, the mo- haunted mo- mask episode, the haunted mask, and chased me down the street wearing it like like five five or six blocks until I ran home. That is pretty traumatic it was really well once you started watching scary movies did you gain an appreciation for horror do you do you like the action of do you like being afraid when you in general rightfully after Sawgate, after um my best friend slash greatest bully tortured me and made me watch all the saw movies i took a long break and then when everyone started talking about get out i was like okay I will go and see that movie. I had maybe seen a few horror movies in between, but Get Out was the first horror movie I willingly watched. And I went to the theater alone to go and see it because I was just really invested in, like, the story it was going to tell. And even though, like, I I personally feel like, and maybe horror purists will say it's, like, it's not a horror. It's, like, more of a psychological thriller that has, like, a little gore. But I just was so enraptured by... The movie, ob- for obvious reasons, but also just the fact that it had deconstructed what I thought a horror movie could be because I had that kind of like stigma that like a lot of people, you know, think, which is that horror movies are all sensationalism and don't have any like depth at all. Well, we're in a, a kind of golden age of horror right now where horror is like very elevated yeah. um, and we just think about horror movies differently. They still don't get the c- same kind of credit as other types of films. Um, and I think that's something that Scream, like, relishes in. Yeah. Like, it is not apologizing for being a horror movie or a slasher movie. It's very gleeful about it, and I think that's why it's so entertaining. I also love, you know, the killers. Like, they're very clearly, like, a gay couple. Yeah, they are. They so are. They. There's they... that one image of them, like, standing <laughs> together that always, like, makes the rounds on Twitter about them, like, being together. Yeah. I'm sure there's fan fiction about them, and I might go actually look some up after we're finished recording today. <laughs> they look like a very specific kind of gay couple. Like, they look like they just They're looking left, for like, a third. Yeah, a third at Spectrum. Yeah, no, not Holy Mountain. Whole, no, I think they're a little dirtier than no, Holy Mountain. No, $3 bill. $3 bill, yeah, yeah. There $3 it is. $3 bill. Or, like, maybe Mood Ring. No, uh, yeah, yeah, Mood Ring. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Have So, now that you've watched Scream, will you be going and watching any of the sequels? Okay, so... I did, in fact, fall asleep to Scream 2 and Scream 3. So Scream 2 is Sydney's in college, right? And there's like a play that she's in, I believe. Well, it's been I, a while since I've seen it. Pretty much every sequel contains a parodied version of Scream. Well, in it. right, <laughs> because then they start making the movies with the Stab series, and Scream 3 is much more about that. Scream 3 also has Parker Posey. Right. Who is amazing. And so if you haven't watched any of these, the gist is there's a movie within a movie, or rather a franchise within a franchise, and the the one within is called Stab. Yes. And like Stab 2, Stab 3. Which doesn't have the same kind of ring to it that Scream does. But it's really funny. Like it's just things like that. It's just, it's such a, there's such succinct punchlines. And um, I was reading that um, when spoiler alert, Jada Pinkett Smith dies in the beginning, that she told the director that she wanted to have the most gruesome death in the history of horror movies. <laughs> like, she said that, like, to the director. 
Good for her. Honestly, it wasn't that gruesome. In my yeah, opinion. the the movies do get increasingly meta as they go on. Yeah. Scream Scream Four has Emma Roberts in it, and spoiler alert, she's well, she's Sydney's cousin, right? And you find out like towards the end of the movie that she is one of the killers. And she's been engineering this whole thing to make herself into a victim right. so that she can be as famous as Sidney Prescott. But, you know, obviously she fails at the end. And I actually think it's one of the the best of the screams. Mm. Um, and uh, also Hayden Pennytier is in it. And she has a very gay haircut. And I don't understand why her character in the movie isn't. Her na- her name's Kirby. I don't get why she's Kirby not... is such a lesbian. Name. I don't get why she's not just gay. <laughs> she should play gay in general. Like Hayden Panettiere, I absolutely would stand. Okay, I think that the question on the tip of all of our virgins like tongues is: um, it was Scream Four the one where Gail Weathers debuted her turf bangs? No, that was Scream Three. Is when turf bangs became a thing. Wow, was she also like holding a copy of like um? A Robert Galbraith novel. <laughs> Nev Campbell did kind of set herself up as a scream queen by starring in this movie. Yeah, I I think this was before The Craft, which also iconic. Well, also you made me watch. Yeah. Well, no, we didn't watch The Craft. We watched the sequel to The Craft. No, we didn't. Did yeah, really? we did. The the we one that came out last year. You Craft have two. you have still never seen the original Craft movie. Oh my god. <laughs> we fully And The Craft the reboot 2 and The Craft 2 is bad. Uh yeah, the reboot was really bad. And I I I mean yeah. I really wanted to like it because of the trans character. Yeah, there's a trans character, but she was. We love her, but it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie, and it will never be. It's no one will ever be Fariza Balk. You better take some notes from the real reboot makers, like um, the witches starring Anne Hathaway, Rose Domu's favorite movie. It's not my favorite movie. favorite film. But it is, I I do enjoy it a lot. It fucks. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. 
could just be a me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We can't talk about Scream without answering the question that Ghostface poses. What's your favorite scary movie? Like scary movies. movies. <laughs> um, I, what is your favorite scary movie, friend? I don't know if I am if I've consumed enough horror to like maybe have a favorite. Um, but I will remember Hereditary until I die. And and but the thing is, and Same. I think this is like similar to maybe not your answer, but I think a lot of people I know have a similar experience of like. I'm not sure I'm going to remember it because I, like, loved watching it. I think I'm going to remember it because I was traumatized all the way through. But I do think that there's something, like, the fact that I was so, like, kind of viscerally shaken is just a testament to how well it was done. My old apartment in New York had very tall ceilings. And after seeing Hereditary, I always thought that Toni Collette was up there. On the ceiling. Hovering on the ceiling. Oh, my God. It's an image that will never leave me. That her like swimming. Oh, oh my god! Oh, I have goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! She's it's, here. You know, now when I watch horror movies, I can watch them and and kind of make myself less scared and be take myself out of it and say like that's just an actor, yeah. or, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but not with Hereditary. Not with Hereditary. But Same. it's not not my. I wouldn't say it's my favorite scary movie. My favorite scary movie. Is definitely The Shining. Uh, it's one of my favorite which films. Which I also haven't seen yet. And well. actually, during the beginning of the pandemic, when we were really in lockdown, I decided it was a good time to finally read The Shining, mm. which is literally about people being locked inside a hotel. I don't know why I did that to myself. Very smart. Um, the book is a lot different than the film, and I actually really enjoyed it, and it kind of enriched my experience of the movie. Oh, cool. And... Um, there's also now a sequel film to it, Doctor Sleep, which is based on the sequel that Stephen King wrote. And Stephen King famously like doesn't like the Shining movie. Oh, I didn't because know that. yeah, because it's very different than the book. And I think he said something along the lines of, you know, it's a great art film, but it's not really like a great adaptation of the book. Mm. And I think that's true to a point because the Shining is so beautiful. Um, and the book is like a lot more layered as you know most books are when you talk about movie adaptations but doctor sleep does a really good job of going of mining what happens in the shining novel and and merging it with the movie adaptation in a really beautiful way um and i also love rebecca ferguson who plays the the villain in the movie um, um 
I have never seen The Shining, as I said, um, but I'm not much for like a Jack Nicholson vehicle. But maybe, I mean, maybe that's for shallow reasons because he just always plays like an. But what about Shelley Duvall? Oh, she's amazing. You need to watch The Shining. Um, I also have to say, with Stephen King's books, love, love the guy. Well, actually, we don't. Didn't wasn't he the person on Twitter that like basically said that like white privilege doesn't exist or something like that? You know, Stephen King is actually the first adult novel I ever read was Carrie. I was at the library when I was in, I want to say, fourth grade, and I saw Carrie on the shelf, and I think maybe liked the book cover and picked it up and read it at far too young of an age. It was very impressionable. Explains so much about you. And it it did really set the scene. I love I love the Carrie film, the Brian De Palma film. Um, did you like the reboot with Chloe Grace Moritz? Never seen it. And Julianne Moore? Never seen it. It was... Honestly, not terrible. What I did not like is The Rage Carry 2, which came out in the early 2000s. And there's one scene in which the um, the girl, the main character, who is like the Carrie character, kills people by having making CDs fly at them and cut uh, them with her mind. What? Yeah. That's, I mean, I still kind of want to watch it. That, um, that sounds camp. A recent horror movie that has become one of my favorite movies definitely is in now, I would say, my top 10 favorite films is Suspiria. The oh, 2000, yeah. The 2018 the re- remake of the, um, of the like, iconic horror film. Um, and I just, I love it so much. A film I had to turn off at. You know the part that you probably know what I'm talking about. It's a very disgusting. Oh, the scene where with in the dance, the dance studio the dance where studio she gets scene. torn up. Yeah, Daco- I would watch Dakota Johnson. Oh my God, Dakota Johnson is in that movie, and she looks Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton. Doesn't Dakota Johnson also have... Chloe Grace Moretz is in it? Oh, of course. One question I have to bring this all back is why is Scream Five or Scream? Scream. Why is it coming out in January? Because it's a, a winter movie. Maybe they're trying to get into that Shining slot. Because The Shining is not like a Halloween movie. It's like a winter movie. Yeah, but I usually do watch it during Halloween season. Oh, do you really? But I actually guess I would feel comfortable watching it like kind of any time. Maybe it's, right now. It's chilly. In January. In January, I will watch The Shining. Yeah, that's it. What about Scream? Other than Drew Barrymore's Bob makes it. A, like a kind of gay cult classic because it, it is. It's, it's camp. It's just pure. It's, it's just pure, pure camp. camp. It is. And camp that is. And it's self-aware. Exactly. You know, as they say, or as the definition of camp goes, the two definitions of camp are in like camp in its purest form where it doesn't know it's camp like Mommy Dearest or um, or Judy Garland. And then camp that is highly aware of itself like that, like Scream or RuPaul. Bleep. We'll bleep his name. <laughs> Not the fracking. <laughs> Not the fracking. Which actually makes sense that uh, Scream is camp because when I almost went to the camp Met Gala, I was thinking of going as Gail Weathers from Scream in her lime green uh, skirt suit. Which would have been so good. It would have been so good, but I don't know if people would have like automatically gotten the reference. They don't need to because I think it would have been kind of immediately like they don't need to. They would have just been like, "Who's that bitch in the lime green skirt suit <laughs> with the turf bangs?" With the turf bangs on like a comically big microphone. Comically big. I I I do love 
how I see myself in Gail Weathers in that um, she will celebrate herself at all costs. Totally. And she is extremely callous. Yes. And all she's trying to do is get that story. Get that story. Even if she has to fabricate it. I love in Scary Movie the Gail Weathers characters played by Sherry O'Terry mm. from Saturday Night Live. Mm. And there's one scene at the beginning where she's reporting live in front of the school and says, you know, there there's this like rampage that's left four teens dead and a a like teenager tries starts bothering her and she just pulls a gun out and shoots him and turns back <laughs> to the camera and goes, Five teens dead. No. <laughs> so good. You have to watch scary movie. I Probably won't. I'm not going to lie. But it's so funny. What I want to know is what news site do you think Gail Withers would write for in 2020? Huffington Post. Peri- no. Period down. P- the Huffington Post doesn't have a video budget, first of all. Okay. Um, <laughs> Second sh- of all, the, it's probably uh, news. The Federalist. Oh, no. Well, what's the one? It's not Newsweek. It's um New- the New York Post. No, no. Uh, the New York Post, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like the Daily Beast. The Times. The, the Daily, the Atlantic. It's Michael Barbaro. The Atlantic. <laughs> do you want to know? Do you want to hear my Michael Barbaro impression? I don't actually know who that is. Michael Barbaro is the host of the Daily. Oh, I forgot that you famously have never listened to a podcast. Um, <laughs> never, <laughs> well, not okay. even this one. So everyone listening to this podcast knows the Daily because they listen to the podcast, and the Daily is the most famous podcast in the world. It's like the NYT's podcast. Michael Barbaro, never heard of it, so it can't be that famous. I'm Michael Barbaro, and this is the Daily. Did you think that was good? Well, according to your impression, he's no Gail Weathers. No. I mean, Gail, Gail Weathers should host the Daily, is what we're saying. Have you noticed in recent years that I think this the ghost face mask from Scream has been claimed by gay guys as like something very horny? Yeah, I've watched a lot of Scream porn. There's a, yeah, purpose. there's a lot of porn of people wearing the Scream mask. Yeah. I have a friend who has a tattoo of like a hot naked guy wearing the ghost face mask with a knife on his thigh oh my god that's kind of cool actually yeah it's a cool Um, tattoo i uh, the drag show that i saw that had that you know it was like a scream tribute show when they revealed the final scream (laughs) the final scream his name is scream (laughs) his name is not his name is scream and when they finally revealed scream he like took First, he, like, disrobed, and he was wearing, like, a leather jock strap. And then he took off his mask, and it was just, like, this hot guy with, like, blood dripping out of his mouth. And, yeah, it was it was incredible. But Ghostface doesn't drink blood. Scream definitely drinks blood, first of all. <laughs> no. So, yes, he does. Second of all, I also didn't know that Scream's mask wasn't— <laughs> His name isn't Scream. <laughs> I didn't realize that Scream's mask wasn't invented by the movie. It existed before the movie. It was, like, a generic Halloween costume. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's crazy. They took like. Do you think that someone else owns the rights to like Scream's face? <laughs> no, Scream definitely owns the right to <laughs> Ghost Face. Yeah, right. Yeah. Have you ever worn a a Ghost Face mask? I actually can't wear a Halloween mask of any kind because of, as we said at the beginning, Ghostbumps and the haunted mask. Because isn't the conceit of that episode just like a child wears the haunted mask and all of a sudden he becomes it this, won't, like it won't come off a, a month. Yeah, it won't come off and he becomes like a psycho killer or whatever. That is like literally my fear every time I wear a mask. In fact. That it's going to mold to yeah, your face and that you're going to become a monster. That it's going to mold my face and then I will become a psycho killer. Yes. I'm just a hair. Uh, that sounds kind of fun though. I'm sure it sounds fun for you. Who needs a mask? <laughs> Emblematic of this uh, thing that I experienced. When I was seven or eight, my um, 
best friend let me like hand me down his Darth Vader costume um, that I so I could wear it for Halloween. Nice. And I tried it on and looked in the mirror and was so scared that I had to take it off and and be something else. By Darth Vader? Yeah, I was really scared of Darth Vader. And like, well, just no, it wasn't actually Darth Vader himself. It was looking in the mirror and seeing seven-year-old me as Darth Vader and being petrified of the monster I had become. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Even though it's not Halloween, what is your best ever Halloween costume? Uh, okay, wait, come back to me. What was yours? Well, famously, I am really bad at Halloween costumes. I don't like them. I like, unless the idea, you know, strikes me. And even then, I just like, never execute them well but in a, in recent years i've had two that i liked which were miss piggy and old rose from titanic and i think for me a halloween costume what i want it to be is like kind of funny mm. and it has to be instantly recognizable 
and like it it get it like gets the assignment. Like I don't ever want to have to explain my costume to someone. Yeah. My prerequisites for Halloween costumes are that it needs to be sexy, but I'm not going to be, I'm never going to like wear a jockstrap, you know, like as like a costume. Like I'm not that bad, but I do want it to be like, I want to look kind of sexy. So maybe my best Halloween, well, I don't know if I have a best Halloween costume, but I had a really sick angel costume, like, and I had these giant like angel wings that I had to like go through the door sideways in order to like, you know, go into any room. And I covered myself in, like, gold paint, and it looked really sick. And I just, like, can never build up the energy to think of Halloween costumes like you. And so I was that angel, like, for the next four years, for the next four Halloweens. Yeah, I think maybe that's what I have to do is just, like, decide that Old Rose and Miss Piggy are my two Halloween costumes, (laughs) and that's what I do every year. You honestly could wear a super-duper cute outfit and then just the pig nose, and everyone would know exactly who you are. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. that's all you all you need is, like, the nose. And then you can just kind of be, like, cute. I either need to be, like, have a have a good costume like that or, like, I'm wearing black and I'm just spooky. Yeah. I'm wearing black and I'm just – so when – but that's – okay, that's actually a really annoying phenomenon at Halloween parties when everyone's like, so what are you? It's like, well, if it doesn't immediately, if you don't immediately get it, like, I don't really want to explain it to you, dude. You know what I mean? So this is all great advice for you virgins when (laughs) Halloween comes around in nine more months because it's January. Right. Has Scream inspired you to watch more scary movies? Not Scream specifically. I think that, like, as we said earlier, like, Jordan Peele and Ari Aster and those folks – um, or like The Witch, or I loved Invisible Man. Like this, like class. Invisible of, like, Man was really good. Okay, wait, I didn't know that you saw it because everyone I know hated it. I, I watched it, it. I watched it when it was on demand. Yeah. you know, like in early quarantine. I saw it in theaters. That was like the last movie that came out before COVID. I think it was the last movie I saw before, but it was really. I mean, it had like three or four endings. Like it was a long movie, but it was yeah. really good. Emma, Emma Moss, Elizabeth Moss should be in a lot of, I mean, she was amazing. She stole the show in Us, in my opinion. I didn't love Us. Yeah. I didn't think it was amazing, but I loved Elizabeth Moss in it. Maybe she has, like, maybe the the kind of, like, um, the the way that Scientology has, like, warped her brain makes her, like, better at those kinds of roles or things like that. Yeah. She's dealt with real-life horror. Yeah, exactly. In a way that uh, many people have not. Yeah. If you were in a horror movie, Fran, what is the archetype that you would fulfill? I, I mean, I feel like I would die. I think I could really, really eat a Drew Barrymore-esque kind of, like, death that, like, sets the tone for the rest of the movie. And I also see myself as dying and then, you know, a lot of people being affected by it. <laughs> so you're the person who dies first and then there's, I'm like, the a, a candlelight vigil yes. for you at the school. Yeah, they're playing Dancing Queen by ABBA. They've got peonies. So just, you're gay in the movie also. Yeah, I'm gay. Well, they're not no one's gonna cast me as like a heterosexual. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna like walk into the horror movie and be like, hey guys, I'm just here with my girlfriend, Cindy, and you know what I mean? Like, like I just I don't know. Any casting agent would be like, no, nah, let's get Darren Chris for the role. You know what I mean? Okay, so you're you're <laughs> the cameo star. Yeah. Who does two nights on set? Yeah, Max, Max. Um, but still is on the press tour. Yes, yeah, still is on the press tour. Still on the poster, even maybe. 
Oh, definitely on the poster. Definitely on the poster. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and then maybe I also see um, a really bad like flashback or memory for me. Something that like the main character has to like, you know, go back in time and have this like, you know, there's a memory of us together in like a, I don't know, like a, a rowboat. Or, oh, yeah. In the library or, or... or it turns out that you... Like when they're trying to figure out who the killer is, you have some you have some connection to them, and like a big part of the middle chunk of the movie is them trying to figure out why you were killed, and okay. you know, like you were the killer. Like maybe the reason they're trying to figure out why is because the main character is maybe some gay man. Who should we cast? It would have to be. Anyways, what I was going to say is the main character is maybe some closeted gay man who was having an affair with me. And then I die at the beginning. And he is trying to, without disclosing his queerness, solve my murder. What it, Why does he have to be closeted? If we've learned is anything. Is this a period film? If we've learned anything from gay movies. Look, we all saw Happiest Season. <laughs> a movie that felt like it was made in 2002. Um, but. Uh, anyways, I'm glad you mentioned the murderer so that we can now um, hop onto where you come in. In the movie. So how do you um, kill everybody, do you think? <laughs> You're right. I would be the killer. Right, right, right. But, but no it, would be, it would be a fake out because yes. I would be the sort of like snarky, um, like mean girl or like somewhere somewhere in there yeah. who has a big death scene, I want to say in the third act of the film. Okay. But you never see me actually die. Right. Oh, love. And so – the when like I have like a a partner who's like my patsy, right, 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 and it seems like they're the killer, and then they die, and I walk out of the shadows. Oh, and I've been the killer the whole time. Sick. Okay, I okay. There's an added layer to this. I feel that. Um. Well, okay. I'm presuming that your character is trans, but like I mean, no, no, no. I, I don't want to. We're in the, no, we're in the same movie. Okay, I'm, okay. The, I'm the closeted gay guy. Okay. <laughs> no, no, we're. Cut, cutting that, cutting that. Um, what I was going to say. <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> Let's leave it in. What I was going to say, what I was going to say was that I don't want to foreclose. I think you as a trans actrice should be able to play a cisgender characters. However, let's say. I don't see it happening. Let's say if your character was trans, the whole reason no one suspected you is because let's say it's a hyper contemporary film. They don't want to get canceled. You know how like there's this thing. Oh, where... no one wants to accuse. Yeah, me yeah, of being yeah, the yeah exactly. Because they're, they're like, like oh, that's like, problematic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a thing actually. There's a very big thing happening, <laughs> wherein sometimes marginalized people are kind of just straight up bad, but we don't say anything because we don't want to be like you know. And I think that maybe and that's so what I, I, my my <laughs> villain character plays off of that. Yeah, and you and, and, and there's actually a lot of really obvious evidence that I'm the killer, and yeah. like. People keep wanting to bring it up and the score swells and I just kind of give them a look like, oh, really? Yeah. And yeah. then it's and just like, oh, well, I guess it can't be her. Maybe there's a point at the – maybe there's a point where the gay guy is like actually does Me. accuse you. No. Where the gay guy actually does <laughs> the, accuse Oh, the you. gay guy who's the – like the, the – the My, my character my beard. Who's in love with me. <laughs> okay. Um, Actually does accuse you and, the, and you're like, um, it's actually a really dangerous and stigmatizing trope for like trans vengeance to be injected into these narratives, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, you're like, I am actually avenging. No, I don't think I want to have any sort of like highbrow, like uh, restorative justice type reason to mm. be killing people. Right. I think I just want to be a murderer. Ooh, love. Actually, I think the the gay guys in Scream say that like they don't really have a reason other than that yeah. they just want to kill people. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's make this movie. Love is love. Coming to a theater near you. Uh, love wins. <laughs> love wins. Because my killer does survive at the end. There's no, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. The villain wins. See you next week, virgins. In the meantime, you can always call us to confess the thing that you love in pop culture so much that you have to pop everyone in your lives cherries about it. Um, you can call us at 323-PENANCE. That's 323-736-2623. Um, please tweet us your takes on this week's episode. What's your favorite Scream movie? What's your favorite scary movie? Um mm. Are you a final girl or do you die first? Um, also, like, you know, let us know what what are you thinking about and just like that. What are you thinking about Euphoria? What are you thinking about Yellow Jackets? Please, we always want to know. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us a lot. Also, make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify. I am... Yeah, you can review us there, too. Yeah. Um, I'm Rose Domu. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Rose Domu. I'm Fran Torado. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on all of that. Also on TikTok. I'm going to start TikTok and Rose. Yay! I'm so happy um, that you are doing that. Uh, <laughs> you can subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen to podcasts. And as we said, please leave us a review. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Krainchich, and Nikki Etor. Until next week, see you later, virgins. Love you. Bye. Me. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.